Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, beautiful humans. I am so excited to be sitting down and having a chat to you today. Yes, I'm excited to be chatting to you today, even though I would be landing in New Zealand right now. Um, I was supposed to be in New Zealand right now. I would have just been getting off a flight as I am recording this. Um, In case you are not from Victoria or maybe you are and you're living under a rock. Yesterday, we got told that there's been five new cases. um, And so basically, we are back to mask wearing indoors, back to being limited to five people to a household and just a couple of other things. But with that, New Zealand actually closed their borders to Victoria temporarily so it's on a 72 hour pause um and in 72 hours they're going to reassess and potentially reopen them so basically our trip is half cancelled half on hold our flights have been cancelled and we've got credits in that um all of our accommodation has actually been moved back all of the hotels and stuff were actually so accommodating um some of them were actually going to do no cancellations but they were really nice and they said that we could have our money back and in fact they will push it back hold a room for us with no strings attached um and if we can come in 72 hours there'll be a room for us and if we can't they'll give us our money back which I just thought was absolutely incredible and I also want to shout out if you need a good travel agent we went through Melbourne Travel Project which is who we went through we've been through them a couple of times they're local to Mornington um but the owners are outstanding and can I just say after this experience I don't think I would ever book a holiday again not through an agent like yesterday when I found out our trip got cancelled I was so upset I was so fucking gutted and rightfully so you know like the excitement that you feel leading up to a holiday and we had had no cases for like an 86 day streak or something, which is like, how many weeks is that? I don't even know. It's a long fucking time, right? So there was not even any worry. Like I didn't even have an ounce of concern. And then on the day, the night before we were due to fly out, um, yeah, it all just came out of nowhere. And I was just, I guess, really in shock um, because it wasn't like, I was like, oh, I hope we can go. It was like, yeah, I was definitely fucking going. So that sucked. But When it happened, um, Matt, who is one of the co-owners of Melbourne Travel Project, he was on the phone to me straight away. He was on the phone to all of my accommodation, uh, like all of the hotels we booked through, all of the activities we booked through. You know, we'd booked like the onsen hot pools and massages. And he was on the phone to absolutely everyone getting our money back. Um, He got us a refund straight away through Qantas within literally an hour. And anyone who has had travel plans go haywire before, you know that when you try and call like Qantas or something like that, you're on hold for so long. Um, And it just meant that yesterday I got to sit in my grief and I got to sit in, you know, my sadness and my frustration and my anger. And I actually got to just be there rather than not only dealing with the emotions that came up from, you know, having my trip canceled last minute. 
But imagine then trying to process all of those emotions, but having to show up um, for, you know, calling Qantas and calling all these companies and the stress of, am I going to get my money back? And I didn't have to do any of that yesterday. And I'm just so, so grateful for how well the team handled that. And they were like, you know, they actually treated me like a real human being, not just some client or number. <laughs> so that's Willow having a good scratch in the background. Um, yeah, they weren't just like, yep, cool, here, we've done this, here's your money back and stuff like that. Like they messaged me on Instagram and were just like, Jesse, like we're so sorry. Like they saw my Instagram story of I put up a, you know, photo of me crying because I was trying to be the whole vulnerable. And they were like, we're so fucking gutted for you and we're so sorry. And like you could just hear the care and compassion in their voice. And I just think that was a really fucking cool experience. And so, Whenever I come across people or companies like that, I just think it's so important to share that, you know, like I think it's really worth rewarding people. Um, I don't know if rewarding is the right word, but you're just bringing to light people who are doing business in a real authentic way. So if you have a holiday coming up, I would highly recommend booking through them. They're fucking amazing. So why I just went into that whole spiel about New Zealand was basically because Yesterday, I felt borderline grief about my holiday. Like it was the death of an ideal that I was holding on to and a vision of what was coming. And we were only going for a week, guys, but we were going for Oscar's birthday. I had planned a lot of amazing stuff. I was really, really fucking looking forward to this. And I was really looking forward to it because Oscar and I were actually supposed to go to Europe in 2020, we had a trip booked September 20 September through October 2020, um, and we were actually going to be in Switzerland for our four year anniversary, and it was going to be so special. And obviously, it got fucking cancelled, um, which was gut wrenching. But I feel like I didn't have time to process that because we were processing so much other stuff at that time. Like that was when we were deep in some heavy lockdown shit. But yeah, so we actually used the credits from our Europe trip for this. New Zealand trip and I was just really so excited that we were finally getting our trip in and you know there was just no worries and then literally it was I think it was 12 hours before we were due to leave for the airport that it happened so yeah it was pretty gut-wrenching but in saying that as I said like I almost felt grief like um and just sadness and anger and frustration and like why the fuck is this happening and you know almost this nostalgia and I guess I was grieving over this pre-pandemic life that we had where everything was just like good and normal and there was no restriction and there was I mean, there wasn't certainty, but it felt like there was so much certainty than there is right now. You know, just this feeling of, will this ever end? Is this actually what life is like for the rest of our life? Like, do we have to adapt? And I'm sure, you know, babies that are being born right now, this is their current life. But for anyone who, you know, is around my age um, or older than me or, or, you know, anywhere around there who has felt the pre-life we had, who's now going through that adjustment, it's really hard, right? So it wasn't just about my holiday. Yes, a lot of it was about that, but it was so much more than my holiday. It was so much more of me being triggered by just the world right now. And like that 
we're living in a world where you can't really plan for things and that's scary and that's very unsettling for our nervous systems Um, and that's why a lot of um, women's cycles have gone really whack this year and stuff like that because the body is just feeling so uncertain right now because there's just so much uncertainty in our world and that's really really overwhelming now an old version of me like a very old version of myself I probably would have cried and then almost done that. Like when you stop yourself crying, I probably would have cried for a minute, stop myself crying, wipe the tears away and being like, you know, like whatever it is, what it is. The universe obviously has a bigger plan and all of that, which is true. Like I wholeheartedly believe in that, but I would have been doing it because I thought that my reaction was stupid, that I felt guilty or insensitive for being so upset about losing a holiday when there are so many more worse things in the world and so I would have shamed myself for having that emotional reaction and almost not allowed myself to have that experience and it's this whole idea that we tell ourselves that our problems aren't big and other people have it worse and we actually shame ourselves for what we feel if we don't feel that our emotions are relative to the experience that we're feeling emotional because of, right? So me upset and feeling like I'm grieving like this old life and so angry that my holiday was canceled and all of that and being like, oh, a canceled holiday isn't a reason to get that upset. It's like, Who the fuck says so? I don't even know where this shit comes from, but we do this all the time as humans. We like decide what an appropriate emotional reaction is. But the truth is there is no emotional appropriate reaction because what feels big for me may feel really small for someone else. So for example, Oscar, he was fine. He was very cool, calm and collected. He he was just this perfect balance. He was so in his masculine yesterday where he actually held me. He held me really well. He didn't invalidate me or invalidate my experience. He wasn't like, babe, don't be so upset about it. You know, like we'll go. He actually said, oh, I'm sorry. Like, and you know, he came home from work at the end of the day and he came straight up to me and he hugged me and was just like, I love you. Even though he was fine. So even though he was fine, he didn't invalidate the experience I was having, which is kind of what this podcast is all about today is this idea that even if we have a emotional reaction that we have a little bit of shame around or we don't think is logical or if someone else is having an emotional reaction that we don't think is logical it's really about not invalidating yourself and not invalidating other people's experience because this is where why we have so much mental illness issues because we just deny ourselves our full fucking expression and it's it's toxic it's bullshit it's absolute bullshit where we've developed you know this um This facade where we all feel like we have to be strong all the time. We have to have things perfect all the time. We're not allowed to be too emotional. You know, the whole uh, stereotypical crazy or overly emotional or sensitive woman. And we don't want to seem overly emotional or overly sensitive. So like we act like the cool, calm, laid back girl when no, really that did fucking upset you, right? You didn't like that or you don't like when your partner does that thing. But because you're so afraid of being seen as this overly sensitive girl you're just like yeah babe go with your friends I don't mind when really what you should be saying is your truth is I'm really don't I really would love you to stay home with me tonight or whatever it is and it doesn't always mean that you're right it's just about speaking your fucking truth and you might say hey babe I really love you to stay tonight and then your partner explains why they want to go out with their friends and then you're like 
yeah, I fully see you in that. I just wanted to let you know, like, I would really love you to stay, but um, I think it's actually because I am feeling really alone or, you know, whatever the outcome, it doesn't matter, but it's just about speaking your truth in every given moment and not being afraid of being perceived a certain way. Because guess what? Anytime you speak your truth, it is how you feel. So if someone is perceiving you as overly sensitive, that's their shit to deal with, not yours. And why would you want to be showing up as anything other than your fullest expression of yourself? Because it does upset you or it does make you angry or it does bring you pleasure or, you know, like don't be, it's like the whole dating game thing of not wanting to come off too strong or, and my friend said um, something the other day and it really just resonated with me. Um, and she said, you can never fuck up what's meant for you. And I I wholeheartedly believe in that. You cannot fuck up what's meant for you. If you're dating somebody and you're coming off too strong for them and they're not vibing it, guess what? They're not for you. Whereas like if you're coming off strong and you're just like saying what you want to say and you're texting them back when you fucking read it and you are asking to hang out with them because guess what? You want to see them and they want to see you too. Awesome. They're meant for you, right? So I think we spend so much time trying to hide, avoid, filter, distort and control in air quotation marks these these facets of our identity so we either are or are not perceived a certain way. But the thing is, every time you filter yourself, all you're doing is attracting people who like the filtered down version of you. You're actually not attracting people who like you for who you really are and who can see you in your fullest expression and can validate and understand you and support you for who you actually are and how you actually process emotions and how you actually show up. So this is your permission slip to stop controlling or filtering or watering down facets of your personality if you want to text the person fucking text them if you want to ask someone to catch up ask them to catch up if you are sad about something be sad if you're angry be angry whatever it is feel it do it say it how other people perceive that is on them and not you it is also your responsibility to make sure that you aren't projecting your own shit onto other people But deal with that as it arises and make sure you're constantly checking in on yourself, but stop filtering down who you are because you're afraid of what people think of you. Because it's it's honestly, it's bullshit and it's leading to so many um, inauthentic relationships, whether that's like platonic or whatever. It's like you're, you're starting off a relationship on like a inauthentic footing right because that's not that's not really you and so no wonder so many relationships break down or friends friends go separate ways or outgrow each other because eventually who you feel safe enough to actually express who you are and the other person is like whoa I don't like this oh I don't like this um this person who is willing to speak her truth or speaks her mind I liked the version who did whatever I fucking said goes right so Just be yourself, speak your truth, and I promise you will attract so many more people into your life who actually love that version of you, and it will reconfirm and revalidate that there actually is nothing fucking wrong with you. You're just seeking out the wrong friendships um, or attracting the wrong friendships or relationships because you are being something other than your full authentic self. So let's get into the idea of or I guess the notion of reframing because um, 
This is something that we do so often when we feel a certain way or when we're having an emotional, sorry, Willow really wants attention. Hi, baby girl. Yeah. So we, we tend to reframe when we want to avoid feeling something and so forth. So let's kind of dive into what reframing is. Reframing is also sometimes um, known as cognitive reframing, and it's actually used in therapy because it provides an alternative way to view a situation, a person or a relationship. Um, so the way you want to look at reframing is imagine that your life is you're witnessing your life through a particular lens. And then on the other side of the lens, you're receiving like the frame in air quotation marks, which is like the movie, the picture, the image. Reframing is almost like taking that frame out, shifting the lens, putting a new lens on and then looking back through and all of a sudden it's in black and white or it's in sepia or it's, you know, fucking fast forward or it's a, it's a whole new picture or image or Almost looking at it like if you're watching a movie and it's from one person's point of view and then all of a sudden it changes scenes and you're seeing it from a different person's point of view. That's kind of what reframing is. It's taking the situation in front of you and and looking at it from an alternative perspective. So as I said, it often is used in therapy but it is also used in coaching spaces and stuff like that as well. Now let's not demonize reframing because it's, it it is really powerful. It's a very fucking powerful tool. I use it. I teach it. I encourage it. However, what's happening is so many coaches or individuals are teaching reframing and they're teaching reframing without um, teaching people about emotional regulation and validation. And this is where it becomes dangerous. Because reframing without validating your emotions is just toxic positivity in disguise. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples and let's dive a little bit further into this. So where reframing could be good is let's use the example that your partner is running uh, late from work or even you have a friend you're supposed to be catching up with and they're running really late and you start getting really angry and you're getting really pissed off at your partner because they're coming home late. You've already cooked dinner or you already had your plans. Um, And then you start telling yourself something. So with the analogy or the example of the partner, um, if you've been cheated on in the past, then you're seeing the situation through the filter of your previous experiences. So now you're thinking, oh my God, are they cheating on me? Like they're, you know, they should have been home an hour ago. What are they doing right now? You know, or maybe you have a history where you have like abandonment wounds or feeling like you're not interesting or you're not important. And then, so the story you're telling yourself is, oh my God, they don't want to spend time with me. They would rather be at work right now, working overtime than coming home and seeing me and having dinner with me. And you're telling yourself this narrative and the narrative you're telling yourself is being filtered through your past experiences, your wounds, your traumas and everything like that. So what you're seeing in this situation is being filtered through the ex who cheated on you or the um, mummy or daddy issues you have or whatever else. It's always being filtered through these things. So this is where reframing can be really good because it allows you to be like, okay, rather than like they are cheating on me or they don't want to spend time with me, you can shift this to, and I'll credit Brene Brown here because this is what she says, the story I'm telling myself is. So you go from saying this is 
reality to saying the story I'm telling myself is they are cheating on me. The story I'm telling myself is they don't want to spend time with me. And when it goes from being your truth or real to being the story you're telling yourself, then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more weak or broken or susceptible to new lenses, right? Because if you were like, they are cheating on me, like that's really fucking intense and overwhelming and it's really hard to change your mind. But when you can say the story I'm telling myself is they are cheating on me, well, it's just a story. So what if your story is wrong, right? So it allows you to kind of start questioning something else. What you can then do is, okay, well, what's a possible different story? Is there another potential outcome to this? And the potential outcome is that they are actually just running late. That's it. There is nothing to it. They just accidentally lost track of time and are running late or their boss held them back or um, some incident arose, right? So I'm going to tell you guys a little story. We're going to go off track for a second, but I think this is a really powerful story to tell you. Um, And this is very, very personal to me. Um, But anyway, so one night I was home cooking dinner um, and about the the two nights prior, um, Oscar had come home slightly late. No big deal. Like, I think it was like 15 minutes after he said he was going to be home, but it wasn't really a big deal. And then the third night I had... um, planned I can't remember if we we're going out to dinner I planned to cook dinner one of the two and he was now like 30 minutes late and I started getting really agitated um and really annoyed I was like oh like this is so fucking annoying I've cooked dinner dinner's ready now I've kind of got to like turn it off and wait and I was like do I text him or do is he probably just on his way and I'll just wait another five minutes And then it got to about being 45 minutes late. And I was like, wow, it is so inconsiderate that he hasn't even texted me to say, I'm sorry, I'm running late. Like he's 45 minutes late. And I was just like, the story I was telling myself was he was being inconsiderate. He wasn't thinking of my feelings. And in that moment, I was able to be like, hang on, this is the story I'm telling myself. What if there's another story? And I took a deep breath and I tuned in and I tuned into my intuition and I was like, "Mm, something's not right. And I had this really weird feeling and I then text him and I was like, Hey babe, like, are you nearly home? And it was like a really nice message. Not like are you nearly home? Like, because once I actually got out of emotionally dysregulated, like once I actually let go of the frustration, the story, my intuition actually told me something was wrong. And he was like, Hey babe, I'm 10 away. Something like fucking wild just happened. I'll be home soon and explain everything. And I was like, oh my God, what? Um, And he got home and he came in and he told me that he was driving home. He was on his way home perfectly on time. And there was a guy, because I think it was a Friday night. There was a guy walking along this main road um, in the suburb that I live, which is like, it's like an 80 kilometer speed limit. And this guy was like stumbling all over the road and stuff and cars were like beeping him and swerving around him. And he looked like a typical drunk. Like he just looked like a drunk and Oscar was like coming up and he was like, oh my God, this guy's going to get hit by a car. And then all of a sudden he was like, fuck, 
he's going to get hit by a car. Like, you know what I mean? So he actually pulled over and he's like, I, I actually need to help this guy. Anyone who lives in Mornington, it was actually Bungau Road. So if you can imagine Bungau Road on a, um, on a Friday night, there's no street lights on this road and it's 80 kilometers an hour. Um, and like, he was so far from anywhere. Like it would have taken him like a good hour to get to like main street or something. Sorry for everyone who doesn't know where I'm from. Um, but anyway, hopefully you get the idea that it's a main road. It wasn't walking distance from anywhere in particular. Um, and he very easily could have, could have got hit by a car because yeah, it's a very, like, there's no street lights on this road. Um, anyway, so he pulled over and then he noticed the guy was really young, like maybe about 19. And he was like, but he was so tall. He looked, yeah, about 19, 20 was so tall, like massive looking guy. And Oscar was almost like, fuck, like, ugh. and he was like, nah, 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 nah. So he's like, he put his like wallet under the seat and everything like that. And was like, um, Hey mate, like get in. And the guy was like, no, no, no. And he said, no, like get in buddy. Like you're going to get hit by a car. So, um, and mind you, Oscar wouldn't pick anyone up. Oscar's quite intuitive as well, but he obviously was still quite reserved. So anyway, the guy got in, Oscar's like, where are you heading to? And he's like, oh, the train station. And Oscar's like gut just went so yuck. And he was like, why are you going to the train station? And he was like, just please take me to the station. And he's like, I'm not taking a no. Like Oscar just had a really bad feeling. He's like, where's home for you? So he asked for his home address and he ended up taking him home. And um, they got talking. Oscar took him inside and everything like that. They got talking and he, the boy said, why did you pull over? And Oscar's like, oh, I don't know. I just thought you were going to be hit by a car. And like, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if tomorrow on the news, a 19 year old had been, you know, hit on Bungau Road and I, I didn't stop. And he was just like, do you know how many cars just tooted me angrily because I was in their way? And anyway, they got talking. Long story short, this young boy was actually going to jump in front of a train. And Oscar had stopped in that moment. Now, let's just backtrack a second. Let's imagine that I kept telling myself, I didn't think I was telling myself a story and I was thinking Oscar's been inconsiderate. He hasn't texted me. He's 45 minutes fucking late. He comes home, walks through the door and I just like crack it at him. And I'm like, babe, like you're 45 minutes late. Like you could have at least texted me, rah, 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 straight in his face, right? He would have just been like, I'm not even going to like go into that. And that would have just created so much disconnect in our relationship. But because I was able to reframe and consider that I was just telling myself the story of he was being inconsiderate, but what if he actually wasn't? Which is true. He wasn't being inconsiderate. The reality was he had picked up a stranger, was driving, and then taking this stranger inside and having a conversation. And he wasn't about to pull out his phone because it would have been so insensitive to this person. So I just want to tell you that story because I think it's really, really powerful and goes to show how often we can tell ourselves a story when it's actually so fucking far from the truth. And if we can allow ourselves to tell ourselves that it's only a story and consider other possibilities, which is reframing, then it allows us this beautiful piece to actually see people with more love and compassion and understanding. And it can help emotionally regulate us um, so that we can be more, um, I guess, proactive rather than reactive, more settled, more grounded, um, and make sure we're not projecting our own insecurities onto people because I could have easily projected an insecurity about being not important through the lens of Oscar's being inconsiderate, but really it was my own wounding, right? As an example. So beautiful story that really, really highlights how powerful reframing is. 
However, where reframing is bad is when we reframe things without validating our our emotions and we reframe subconsciously, not usually consciously. Um, We don't usually do this on a conscious level, but we reframe to avoid feeling a certain feeling or so we can distract, distract ourselves from what we actually feel or not have to feel what we don't want to feel, right? So as an example, say your mum is being really, really toxic or something like that, or, um, you know, your partner is being toxic or your boss or anyone like that. And they're saying something, they said something really fucking hurtful to you, really rude, really mean, or they're meddling. They aren't respecting your boundaries. And you reframe by saying, oh, you know, they, they just didn't respect my boundaries because they've got their own insecurities and their own traumas and they actually just really love me and they want the best for me and they just don't know how to vocalize that advice. That might be true. But when you do that and don't allow yourself to also feel what you actually feel, it's toxic positivity. So what I mean by that is even if someone has their own traumas, has their own wounding, even if they didn't mean it, even if it was an accident, if it upset you, it still upset you. If it made you angry, it still made you angry. If it hurt your feelings, it still hurt your fucking feelings, even if they didn't mean it. And so often, sometimes people do things they don't mean and it hurts our feelings, but because they didn't mean it, we deny ourselves our experience. And that's toxic positivity. So full live, like living fully in your emotional expression is about seeing yourself in the experience, being able to step out of the picture and see a bigger picture and reframe it. So for example, rather than like they did that on purpose or this is all about me, you can actually reframe to, well, they only actually did that because they were projecting on me because they were insecure, right? So that's the reframe. However, even though they only did it because they're insecure or even though they actually didn't even mean it at all and it was a total accident, it still upset me. And so I'm still allowed to be sad. It still made me angry. So I'm still allowed to be fucking mad. And it doesn't mean that you have to be mad at the person or it doesn't mean that you have to make someone else feel bad. It just means that you still need to emotionally process right? So you don't have to make them feel upset as well, or you don't have to get angry at them. Maybe that's what's right. I don't know, but it's, you don't have to do that, but you still get to say in private cry or hit a pillow, fucking punch it, right? You still get to feel your emotions and let them come up and surface and process because it's what you felt. It doesn't matter why it happened, whether it, it does not matter why what matters is you felt what you felt and that's so important to validate that it doesn't matter whether the situation is big or small or your emotional reaction is justified it doesn't matter do you know why because it's what you feel and you can't always explain emotions because emotions aren't extremely tangible they're not always logical You know, we have the logical and then we have the emotional. So it's almost like emotions are the full other end of the spectrum from logic. So your emotions don't always have to make sense. 
You don't have to explain them. You just have to fucking feel them. So I think it's really important to understand how reframing can be a really, really powerful tool because it allows you to catch yourself and make sure that you're not um, projecting your own shit on other people, that you're not, you know, having your ego flare up, that you're not letting your traumas or your wounding or your past experiences project onto other people. You're not letting your ex-partner now cause you to have trust issues with your current partner or you're not um, allowing your old narcissistic boss to make you question what your current boss is asking of you, right? So it's really, really powerful to just help you catch yourself and be like, is this reality or is this a story I'm telling myself and realizing that sometimes it is just a story that you're filtering through your own wounding. And when you can allow yourself to see it from someone else's perspective, it allows you to rationalize and actually create really beautiful and deep connections with other people. Um, But if you don't still get upset or feel the grief or the loss or the hurt or the pain, it's toxic positivity. It's just putting on that happy smiley face so that you don't have to feel your feelings. You know, in the example that I gave saying, you know, you have your mum's not understanding your boundaries and it's getting really aggravating and frustrating. If you reframe and you're like, mum's just not understanding my boundaries because she loves me so much and she just wants the best for me and she's just trying to be helpful. Again, it could be true. That could be a very true reframe, but it's still annoying you. It's still annoying you and making you mad that she's not, um, you know, not allowing you to have boundaries. So if you don't feel mad, if you don't feel that anger and that frustration at your mum, then one, all you're doing is avoiding feeling your feelings. Again, toxic positivity. And here's the double whammy. You, your ego gets a fucking stroke. You get to feel validated because now you're like the good girl, the loving girl, the good child, the one who can see through the loving lens and the loving compassion. And you're the forgiving one and the understanding one. And it's like you get this like spiritual ego where you almost like in a roundabout way kind of think you're better than which is just total bullshit. So this whole thing is just emotional bypassing. It's spiritual bypassing. Your ego is actually getting validated and you're just denying half of your existence because life isn't about being happy and positive all the time. It's about, it's about feeling to your full expression. And yes, we have a lot of air quotation marks, positive emotions, and we have air quotation marks, bad emotions, but there actually is no positive, negative emotions. They're all fucking neutral and we're supposed to feel them. If we weren't supposed to have anger, we wouldn't have anger. If we weren't supposed to have sadness, we wouldn't have sadness. We have those emotions for a reason because they're there to be felt. So this podcast is your permission slip to start feeling your fucking feelings. Stop invalidating yourself. Stop like reframing everything and stop being the like conscious understanding. Like, you know, if you're always doing that, you're like on this spiritual trip. You're on this like self-development trip where you almost think you're better than your your you can bypass all of the negativity no like you fucking can't you've got to feel that stuff so don't invalidate yourself and don't invalidate other people's experience either because emotions aren't always logical the other end like the like the really far end of this or not the far end the extreme situation of 
this is gaslighting. Now, if you don't know what gaslighting is, I've taken a direct definition. It is the psychological manipulation in which a person or group sows seeds of doubt, making someone question their own memory, perception, or judgment. Yeah, a little side note, let's just say our whole fucking society is being gaslit right now. Anyway, um, so yeah, gaslighting is, yeah, it's like this psychological manipulation and it's not always conscious. Sometimes people are subconsciously or unconsciously gaslighting you based on their own traumas and wounding and they don't even realize they're doing it. And so often people who gaslight sometimes don't even want to and they can actually really love the person they're gaslighting, but their traumas are so intense that they gaslight out of a fear of abandonment or a fear of being alone or or not being loved or not being liked or whatever. So they gaslight other people because they think that through doing that, they're more likely to have you stay part of their life or whatever it is. Some examples of how you can know that someone is gaslighting you. You can begin doubting your feelings. You can begin doubting your reality. You can feel insecure. You can start feeling really confused like about like what's real. Um, you can feel confused about your memory and how you're remembering something. Um, and you can even feel crazy. Like you can feel like the what the fuck? Like, why am I remembering like that? That's so weird. Or, oh my God, I am really dramatic. Whatever that is. So Here's some examples or some phrases. I've written down a couple. This is what gaslighting would sound like. For example, a partner who is cheating um, or is just being sneaky or sly or maybe they're not cheating, but they're definitely not being a loyal partner. And you bring up, oh my God, can you guys hear the rain? It's like full heavy. Um, Anyway, so they say something like, I'm not cheating. You're just paranoid and crazy. And then you actually feel crazy. You're like, oh my God, I am going crazy. Why am I so paranoid? Like, why do I feel like he's being disloyal to me or she's being disloyal to me? Like, where is that coming up from? And you think it's all your fault and that you're just the crazy one when actually not, you're not, they just gaslit you. Another one is, you know, when you get like quite upset about something and you actually see this with like almost like parents and toddlers sometimes, but again, it can happen to adults as well, um, would be something like, you're not upset. It wasn't even a big deal. You're just being too sensitive. Like stop being so sensitive. You're not upset. You know, have you ever had someone say to you, you're not upset. You're not angry. It's like, they literally take the emotion you're feeling and say, you're not X. And it's like, am I, wait, am I not X? Am I, am I not sad? Am I not angry? Like, yeah, okay. Maybe I'm not right. That's being gaslit. Someone telling you that you don't feel what you feel. Um, another one, don't be dramatic. It didn't happen that way. Um, making you feel crazy, um, to follow on from that. Are you sure you don't have a very good memory? So if someone's ever like questioning your memory, telling you that you don't remember things properly, um, and they say things like, are you sure? Like your memory is pretty bad. It's, it's gaslighting. So anything where someone makes you question your perception or your memory of something um, or how you judge that situation and tells you you either didn't feel it, um, you know, just gives you any, as, as the definition says, they sow doubt. They sow doubt, seeds of doubt in your mind. That's what gaslighting is. Um, and sometimes it just happens in day-to-day life, but it can also happen in really like extreme cases. It can happen in a lot of childhood sexual abuse cases. So when like a child starts speaking up about it and their abuser will say stuff like that didn't happen. Like, what are you talking about? You know, you can go back and listen to my abu- uh, my episode on sexual abuse with um, Jessica Ainsworth. And like, there are so many exi- examples of gaslighting in that. 
Um, but it can happen in like, as I said, really intense stuff like that, or it can just happen in day-to-day life. It can happen in toxic relationships where your partner gaslights you all the fucking time, right? So there are many different types of gaslighting. Um, there, just to name a few, there's relationship gaslighting, there's child parent gaslighting, there's uh, workplace, medical, racial, political gaslighting. So they're just a, a few, but they can show up in many, many different ways. So, uh, for example, the medical gaslighting would be you knowing that you feel something or knowing something's right and a medical professional telling you that you don't feel like that or that nothing is wrong with you when you know full well something is and they're like nothing is wrong with you your bloods have come back clear all of your tests have come back clear like we we don't know what's going on so like that i we just don't think it's anything so that's like gaslighting is people almost like making you think that you're crazy so yeah as i said relationship child parent workplace medical racial political all really common ones So let's kind of come back to the emotional processing part. So the first part is just witnessing yourself in the emotion and secondly, naming the emotion. So rather than taking the opportunity to just shift it, avoid it, numb it or pretend it's not there, actually just sitting with it, sitting with whatever is coming up, why ever it's coming up, doesn't matter whether it's something big, whether it's small, just sitting there and breathing into that and witnessing it coming up in you, whether it's the sadness, it's grief, it's irritability, it's anger, it's rage, it's frustration, whatever it is, just witnessing what you feel, betrayal, invalidated, insecure, whatever. Just let yourself feel that and then name it. So I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling upset right? Just like naming what you feel, just sitting there inquiring and then telling yourself it's actually safe to feel what you feel because so often we invalidate that. So just giving yourself that beautiful validation piece of it's okay, I feel angry or of course I feel upset. It makes sense that I would be feeling insecure right now. Just seeing yourself in that, validating yourself in that and then you can tune in and ask yourself, what do I need right now? And give yourself that. Honor, your, honor yourself. So maybe it's, I need a, I really need to call a friend or I actually need a friend to come over and comfort me. I need a fucking hug. I need a hot bath. I need to cry. I need to journal. I need to dance. I need to whatever. Just giving yourself that. So like as, as an example, you can actually do this for somebody else as well. So I actually was speaking to a friend, um, not yesterday, the day before, and we were just having a chat about, you know, some fears that were coming up for me, nothing, nothing big, just like business stuff. Um, and me just being really quite afraid of making another investment that's come up that I potentially am going to make. And, um, my friend just sat with me and she said, can I ask you, like, what do you actually need to feel safe to make this investment? And I was like, whoa. And like I sat there and I just took a big, deep breath and I thought about it. Like I didn't rush myself to answer. I just sat there and I was like, I just need to know it's going to be okay. And she was like, it's going to be okay. And immediately all these tears welled up and came to the surface. I was almost laughing and crying at the same time. And I was like, holy shit, babe. I didn't know how much I just need to hear that. And she just literally sat with me and she was like, it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. And she just really held that space for me. So you can do this for someone else, but you can also do it for yourself. What do I need? I need 
to just be told it's going to be okay. And you get to tell yourself that. Breathe in, sigh it out. It's going to be okay. Just tell yourself that. And in that moment, you will feel the lightness in your body shift because you've honored what you need, what you needed and gave it to yourself. So feeling the feeling, sitting with it, letting it come up, letting it surface, naming what you actually feel just to build awareness around that and then asking yourself what you need and then honoring those needs. You then want to express and release. There's a beautiful saying. I've said it many, many times and I'll say it again. What's coming up is coming out. So if you are sad and you have the urge to cry, fucking cry because it's coming up so it can release. And side little note, when you cry, you actually have hormonal changes in your body, which make you feel really good after crying. So crying's not for the weak. It's, it's, we, we're not broken. You're not broken for crying. Like we, everything, like, do you know how smart and intricate and intelligent the human body is? It's fucking smart. So if you want to cry, trust that your body is crying because it knows what the fuck it's doing. Um, your body often knows so much better than you do. So let your body do its thing. Cry. If you're angry, anger isn't bad. Expressing and spewing anger on other people in a toxic way is bad, but anger itself isn't bad. Hit a fucking pillow, smack it right? Primal scream, go like take a pillow, drive to the beach or, you know, a nice deserted space and scream into the pillow in rage. Just get mad. Anger is a beautiful thing when you express it in a healthy way. So allow the full expression because by expressing what you feel in your body, you're going to actually release that emotion and come back home to yourself quicker. The next thing you want to do is shift that energy. Once you've released it, you want to kind of move and shift so that you can kind of let go of any any lingering energy, but also call in new, abundant, vibrant energy into your body. And you can do this. It might be like self-soothing. It might be like rubbing your hand over your chest or your neck. It might be literally hugging yourself. It might be having a dance. It might just be literally jumping up and down on the spot, but actually like shifting your energy so you can call in new energy and just let go of anything else that was lingering. So I I reckon I'm going to stop there. We're past the 45 minute mark, (laughs) but fuck this episode was juicy and I really hope you got a lot out of it because I think that this is not spoken about anywhere near enough. So if you walk away from this today, please don't gaslight yourself. Don't fall into toxic positivity. Don't invalidate your experience. And the same goes for other people as well. Don't invalidate other people in your life's experience. Let them have whatever they want to have. Uh, Let your partner feel what they want to feel. Let your friends feel what they want to feel. Everyone is entitled to their own experience and doesn't always have to make fucking sense. But the beautiful piece is that you just get to communicate that together. You get to have your own needs too. And you can even communicate to someone later after they've emotionally regulated that how they reacted felt unsafe for you or how they reacted triggered you. You get to speak about that, but in the moment, let them have it, let them be there because there is nothing more emotionally dysregulating than somebody stopping you in amidst an emotional cycle. So let them close that loop first before you communicate. Same for yourself. You can come back and maybe how you reacted actually was pretty toxic, um, but still feel what you feel. And then when you're emotionally regulated, you can come back and actually return to that reflection piece. And then you can decide how you want to show up differently. But in the moment when your body is in a uh, trauma cycle or an emotional regulation cycle, let that cycle play out and let it close and just validate yourself for whatever you're feeling without judgment. Don't fucking judge yourself. Just let yourself have your own experience. 
If you love this episode, if you got something out of it, I really fucking appreciate if you guys would print screen and share on your stories. Obviously my podcast is like a free resource and I always try to make so much time to put towards this and putting, um, you know, content out there that is valuable. So just by sharing it on your stories, is kind of like a way for you guys to support me, um, and to kind of keep this one going. But other than that, I hope you all have a magical day and fingers crossed I'll be in New Zealand next week. Wouldn't that be a fucking vibe? Um, but other than that, I'll talk to you guys soon and see you in the next episode. Bye.